0: Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists.
1: Court is in session. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists Presents Legal Counsel, a She-Hulk attorney at law podcast. I'm the Honorable Peter Melnick. And he thinks I'm the Honorable Eddie Wilson. And we are joined on the Honorable Tin Cannon String with the Honorable Jenna Anderson of ComicBook.com. Jenna, your opening statement?
2: Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. I know you've been been messaging me in the past trying to get me on the show, and I'm glad we could finally make it happen, because this seems like a fun time.
1: This was a fantastic episode, by the way, for you to come on to this episode of Legal Counsel, because... Honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes of the season so far, and it's kind of a heartbreaker in a lot of ways with the whole element of the saga of Jen and Josh.
2: Oh, my gosh, I know. I was watching it. I, I've now stayed up to watch these at 2 a.m. when they initially <laughs> drop on Disney+, Plus because that's the extent of the excitement in my social life right now. And just, I was just sitting there on my couch just like, oh, my God, my heart hurts just watching this, like, Jen has gone through some failed relationships in the comics, but just seeing it in this very, like, human way in this episode, was just like, oh, man, this is... It's crazy to see it in such a... In a a Marvel, like, in in an MCU thing, because the way that they did it was so well executed.
1: The whole element of her sending repeated texts to... Well, repeated, when I say that, I mean two texts afterwards to Josh, is, like, it's the, you know, the dating in the 2020s, and it's that whole... Just, uh, I was just listening when she goes, "I'm gonna send this text," and I'm like, "Oh, oh no, honey, no, 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 no." So you know what would have been maybe more or
0: or not as much appropriate as get the Genesis song, no reply at all.
1: Oh, Eddie, oh. Eddie, Eddie.
0: <laughs> hey, at least you both knew what I was talking about. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, Jenna, let's let's qualify. Uh, speak for your own time zone, because for us it would be 3 a.m
2: uh so yeah i'm in chicago so it would be 2 a.m um uh, nice genesis reference by the way that was nice oh
0: oh, thank you (laughs) and it's and and i guess you kind of somewhat symbiotically share the name thing so you, you have a little pathos maybe for her
2: yes she is one of my she's easily my favorite marvel character she's like one of my favorite comic characters and then it became this thing where i already loved her and then Tatiana Maslany got cast as her and Orphan Black is like my top TV show of all time I could talk about it for hours I think it is just incredible and so just getting to have Tatiana be in the superhero space it was like this is the perfect combination of my interests and so now it's just like part of my personal brand of like She-Hulk is just my thing and I love it this has just been so much fun seeing this show and following it week to week
1: and they're knocking it out of the park every single week. The, my only grievance with this week was there's no post credit scene. There wasn't last week, and I believe the week before, but I feel mm-hmm. like this would have been tailor-made for a post credit scene.
2: Oh, I know. I'm hoping we get back to it with the last two episodes. It also might just be a thing of, I know... Um... Like the director of the first four episodes is directing next week and then the finale, and then this was a different director for five through seven. So it might have just been like a personal preference sort of thing. But yeah, I've, I, every week I'm like, okay, we're supposed to try the same. Nope. <laughs> for the past three weeks, we've had nothing. But I, there's still so much that this show is covering. There's still so much that I can't even believe I'm seeing in the MCU when Porcupine is canon oh in the MCU. <laughs> now, that is just so wild to me. It's like I, I'm so happy with everything that we're getting.
0: Yeah, that was something I was going to actually mention, too, with, you know, not getting a post-credit scene, but still, when you get the credits, you got Porcupine going to the dry cleaners with the <laughs> with the uh, lines of the odor coming. The st- and he's got his mask back on. His stanky stank. You know. Yes.
2: What? I I can only imagine what that would have smelled like. Mm. God. I've, I've been around enough cosplayers at conventions oh. to, <laughs> to be able to fill in the gap.
0: You know, if you were to sell those little travel-sized deodorant sticks, make a killing, I think.
1: if if, if they didn't go what's that you know what well what what gets me is we still don't have the uh, debut of like an quote-unquote obscure character that's going to be either in the next couple of episodes frogman
2: yes i'm so excited oh my gosh
1: what are we we hearing that this is a possibility (laughs) no he he is confirmed through the uh, one of the trailers okay
2: um, so the weird thing is, is um, I'm going to humble brag for a second. I got to go to the premiere of She-Hulk. It was one of the coolest professional opportunities I've ever had in my entire life, and I got to interview the actor who was playing Frogman. And the weird thing is, is that it seems like they're kind of m- like merging Leapfrog and Frogman together because he was kind of using both names interchangeably. So I'm very curious to see once we get to next week's episode, like how they actually portray him. But I love Frogman so much in the comics. I think he is just. stellar character i literally have his action figure across the room for me right now so i'm just like i'm so happy that he's going to show up soon
1: i will say for the record i love that the uh, figure has little springs i think that is the best touch of that figure
0: (laughs) it's so perfect it's so good because the comic did too i believe yeah well you know these characters again that we're introduced to for the first time many of us if you know you don't recognize man bull el aguila and porcupine, I didn't personally all recognize. Oh, the stars are here. Sar- Saracen, <laughs> the, the the wannabe vampire. So I'm not sure where he's coming from, but uh, I, I'm tr- I was meant to kind of look up where they made their appearances, but all I could think of was somebody like Razorback from Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. The Dollar Bin, Eddie. They all appear yeah. in the Dollar Bin. <laughs> Can well, I well, so answer
2: book- your question? Because I've researched this way too much. This has been like the past day for me. Because I have a video on our our my own show's YouTube channel, um, kind of breaking down the Easter eggs and all of the weird characters. So um, Man Bull originated as a Daredevil villain. There we go. Al um, Aguila was from Power Man and Iron Fist. He's kind of a villain, but also kind of a hero. It's very much a Robin Hood sort of thing. Of like, I steal from the rich and give to the poor. Um, and so then he ends up teaming up with Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, the, the vampire is a weird thing because there's two characters with that name. The first one is like a Punisher villain who is definitely not a vampire at all. He's just like a guy with guns. And then there's also a, a vampire of that same name who's been in three issues of Blade-related comics. And it's like one of the oldest vampires in the history of the Marvel Universe, essentially. So that seems to be the incarnation that they went with. But yeah, you could not get more deep in terms of deep cuts with some of the characters that were in this group. And honestly, I love that because every She-Hulk comic especially in, like, the John Byrne era and even, like, the the Savage She-Hulk era. It's, like, getting to see her fight these V-list villains was so much fun that, like, getting a version of that on screen has just been so great.
0: And uh, where did we see Porcupine for the first time? Do you have that? Uh,
2: Ant-Man. Let me think real quick. Um, He's an Ant-Man villain. He was in Tales to Astonish, like, way back in the 60s. And he fought Ant-Man and the Wasp and then just kind of became a – Weird villain from there. I know most most people, when they think of Porcupine, probably think of the kind of Spider-Woman supporting character because that was the second Porcupine who debuted, like, much later. But this original one with the big green suit and the mask is a Silver Age Ant-Man villain.
0: And then we also got the return of one of the wrecking crew, the wrecker, what they had in the credits, yeah. Well, what-
2: I loved the fourth wall break, <laughs> trying to catch us up to speed with him. I thought that was so much fun.
1: What I, you know, what I appreciate about this is all these characters are showing up, and I kind of pride myself from time to time of loving the jobber characters and knowing them. Like, when I saw Mr. Immortal, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, it's the GLA. And I'm just like, cool, all this stuff's happening. And then I see Porcupine, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's, cool. it's a cool aesthetic. Like, the, the MCU costume of this, first off... That's going to be like a uh, Ghost Rider setting your head on fire level of I want to see the cosplay of that one and see them get through uh, the uh, cosplay (laughs) check. (laughs) Right. I don't know about that.
2: Oh, my God yeah I'm, I'm also like part of me is so used to just like watching the CW's DC shows and some some other superhero media where it's like hey we're gonna get these obscure characters and then they're just dudes in leather jackets or like <laughs> in a top hat and that's the extent of it and so getting to this point in superhero media where we can have a comic accurate porcupine with the stupid comic accurate suit is like I still cannot believe that we are at this point and I love it mm-hmm. so,
1: so I know uh, on The Flash season 2 I want to say it was one of the first three episodes the wrestler Edge ended up appearing as the character Adam Smasher. And yes. that was Adam Smasher, right?
2: Yes, it was. Yeah.
1: And I know we're getting blue raspberry flavored uh Deadpool Adam Smasher right. and Black Adam, so I'm really excited for that.
2: Me too. Yeah. The flashes had some interesting trajectories. Literally my boyfriend and I were complaining the other day about their version of The Shade because it was just like a dude with a leather jacket who turned into a shadow. And it's like this is not even close to what The Shade is in the comics. So, yeah, they've had some hits and some misses, definitely.
0: Well, since you're bringing Flash into this, I may as well mention that I happen to see that today is the birthday of Ezra Miller.
2: Oh, that's right,
0: September 29th. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, female lawyer of the year, perhaps for Jen, and uh, talking about being on her cell phone, The Intelligentsia, and her throwing in about now they're just going to get Hulk smashed. That was cool.
2: I loved it. the 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 line of just like I don't care what a bunch of losers on the internet say about me is just my new mantra. Like I might make that my Twitter header at some point or another because <laughs> I know plenty of women on the internet agreed with Jen in that moment.
1: It's such the mo- it is such a meta line, by the way. Given everything you know, the last uh, six six yeah six weeks of the show so far, and even earlier, it's pretty great to hear that line
2: hmm definitely.
0: Well, this is not to repeat because I didn't say it before, but this was episode number seven titled The Retreat, wherein Jen visits Blonsky's wellness retreat, meets new friends, and gets in touch
1: with her inner She-Hulk. Is this one of those episodes where they, when they say the retreat, you get to go, oh, my God, they said the line. They said the thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've also seen some people say that it has a double meaning because, like, Josh kind of retreated away from Jen in the process and, like, ghosting her. So it's like if you want to interpret it, in more ways than one. You know what? You, definitely can. Yeah. you
0: mentioned that, Jen. I thought. I thought, and I think I took a note down here when they're all in the group therapy session, that that they're, they're analyzing or you know trying to help Jen out that kind of thing, and they talk about um, it hurts when someone rejects you, and I'm like, well, like these obscure group of characters, or maybe a reject kind of group of
1: characters, or when we contact publicists.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's on you doing that. But anyway. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no that's definitely a good way of interpreting that line because yeah it's, i love when that spirit is conveyed in superhero stations that's one of the things i really love about the suicide squad is just having these like d-list dc villains kind of get their moment to shine and their moment to recognize like we are not the most important people but we still matter like i, I love when we get moments like that and it's, it's so nice to see it in the context of this show too
1: well, what gets me about the whole element of, you know, using the... And I was going to say Z-listers, and they're not even Z-listers. They're the 28th letter of the alphabet. <laughs> and, you know, what I love seeing about this is a lot of people are saying, Oh, my God, you guys, the the Thunderbolts are going to be the uh, Marvel Suicide Squad. No, that's not going to be the case. But I would love to see Marvel do their own version of the Suicide Squad, make it the GLA, and throw as many obscure characters. I don't care. Make up characters. Figure something out with this. But, like do the gla
2: that would be amazing that is such a great idea
1: and the fact they haven't done it is like you're you're you know even an animated one because then you could do some crazy wacky stuff that you couldn't do with actual technology you know or practical Mm -hmm. effects
2: yeah i feel like the closest we got was the new warrior show that they tried to have happen on freeform and then it got canceled and everyone wishes it wasn't because that would have had like squirrel girl and mr immortal and kind of the at the time who would have been like the bottom of the barrel characters but Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you a great like the avengers thing with 30 weird marvel characters would be the amazing like that would be the coolest thing
1: if licenses were not an issue oh my god the gla headed by nfl super pro
2: yes oh my gosh my boyfriend and i have a running joke like my boyfriend has photoshopped several fake marvel studio slates that are just nfl super pro. <laughs> he, <laughs> he likes joking that that character is headed to the mcu any day now but we'll we'll just have to have that be a pipe dream i'm assuming
1: marvel civil war 2 nfl super pro versus rom the space knight shout out to aaron myers
2: <laughs> yes
1: whoa all right, Jen is on her drive
0: to uh, summer twilight and throwback to 1997. There's Hanson.
2: <laughs> I loved that so much. Anyone who doesn't just sing along to Hanson in that energy in their car—it's like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That was that was such a perfect little bit.
1: Well, when I saw her doing that, part of me was like, is she singing it as like a coping mechanism? You know, with everything going on, like, uh, gonna ignore him. Mm, bop, mm, bop 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 and I'm just like, <laughs> or is it like she's actually enjoying? I don't know, but I'm gonna go with the. Uh, Good Lord, she was definitely enjoying that.
2: I feel like it's a little <laughs> bit of both. I've definitely been in that kind of moment of like, I need to distract myself. Let me just belt out whatever 80s song I can think of. So, yeah, we've all been there.
1: Mmm, bop, 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 bop. Josh won't text. Bop, 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 mmm, bop. That's <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then I guess, I don't know if it's a confusion or if it's just kind of a, a goof that's taken out a little extreme with El Agula saying, not a matador. But then he says, well, a little light matadoring in college.
2: Yeah, that was an interesting kind of thing because it it seems based on his tenure in the comics, like, he's just a guy who just dresses like a matador. Like, he doesn't really – like, they added the light matadoring thing, I think, to kind of – lean on the symbiotic relationship that he and man bull are having but that character again is so obscure that it's like you can you can add anything to him in this show and it's like you're building on the character in a way that very few comics have even attempted to over the years
0: and i think with with el aguila it was um pretty much along the lines of the comic that he did the bioelectricity thing
2: yeah he he can like harness it directly through his sword which is an interesting thing it's technically a mutant ability like he's technically a member of the the mutants so mm-hmm. it's this weird thing this year in mcu stuff of like between miss marvel and between like mr immortal on she-hulk and now this of like the list of the quote-unquote first mutants that we've had in the mcu is not anything that anyone would have expected yep, it is right. just the weirdest crop of characters mm-hmm.
1: I kind of love that Ms. Marvel is like technically the first mutant in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe I love, you know, just one, no one cares about the Inhumans and I like the Inhumans But eh. although it's really appropriate a Facebook uh, memory today came up the legendary Josh Rosengrant goes I thought Inhumans was quite good you said Captain America the Winter Soldier sucked Josh (laughs) which by the way that was in 2017 which was the very first case of COVID listed as someone had no taste
2: Oh, wow. It's a thinking man's joke. Oh. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, that's the first <laughs> meaning of no taste. Yikes. Someone, just
0: put, someone would just label that onto a color It has no taste. It has no calories. It has nothing. Uh, no. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows one fantastic voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one although if it's a storyline more than one at a time of stan lee and jack kirby's amazing incredible spectacular invincible and fantastic run of the fantastic four the world's greatest comic magazine and two you haven't read that a show dedicated to the comic books that i haven't read yet some marvel some dc all fun And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. What is the line that I couldn't get the end of it when, you know, it's a round table, it's rallying against, excuse me, rallying around She Hulk, and Jen then emerges, and after all the discussion. And before we get to her, what emerging from, I guess, the the, uh, the hut sauna, Jen says, I'm hurting for a. Yurtin. A yurtin? A yurtin. Okay, it was a word yeah. I didn't understand then. That was. That's what. Okay. Which meant what? I, Everybody
1: yurts. Sometimes. That's yeah. REM, for crying out loud. I don't know what yurtin is. Okay. Or a yurt.
2: Because a sweat lodge is called a yurt, usually. Oh, like, okay. On, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and so. So, like, um, Wrecker, earlier in the episode, when he showed up at the little the little group session, he had just been in the yurt, and he had used the hurtin' for a yurtin' line. So, yeah, it's just a very cheesy pun on okay. yurt rhyming with hurt.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well,
1: um, I mean, we are about cheap puns on this podcast. Mm. Cheap puns and dad jokes, that's our uh, claim to fame. Cheap, they're <laughs> free for crying out loud. You yeah. better believe it. Now, in regards to, let's see... The uh, if you notice, by the way, in one of the uh, the Easter eggs in this episode, there's a poster behind Blonsky that says "Obama Stay." Y- yeah, instead I love of that. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of puns, like there's just something about. Just remember, kids, Namaste in school. So, <laughs> get that education. Namaste
0: in school, right? And then a tw- when we get to the end, at least that's what I had noticed too on the tow truck. It said what the name of the company was Slot.
2: Yes. And then ah. the tow truck driver, I looked really closely at his name tag. It's either Dan or Daniel.
0: Well, so I, I we're I taking checked. the,
2: the uh, Dan slot even further.
0: I saw the oh on, on that, right, because I saw in the credits it was
1: the actor was David Sardi. I love the fact that again, once again, they are tipping the hat to Dan Slot. And if you have not met Dan Slot on uh in at a convention, the dude is an absolute treat. He is one of the nicest people, super chill, laid back, and he's like He's so tiny. You want to just shove him in your pocket and just, you know, run around.
0: Like, oh, I have. And I've only met him over the uh, podcast. Oh,
1: no. We've never had Dan Slott. Dan is. Oh, ne- no. Dan's schedule is always un- making him unavailable because he might be late on a book. So he might get yelled at by the man behind the hat, Tom Brevoort. So. That. Yeah, I, I honestly thought We've that tr- was i've tried believe me i have tried many times to get that man on the <laughs> I am show
0: definitely confusing him with uh somebody who in our first recording days down in the basement of chad, Zim- chad zimbabwe chad yeah chip zadarsky that's who it was
1: then i'm getting i'm sorry uh... the man who talked <laughs> to applebee's my <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> those were the good old days
2: uh man i missed that era that was something else um, I, and I do find the Dan plot reference in this episode even funnier because Dan, after episode four, which was the like, Donnie Blaze magic court episode, oh. there were people who were tweeting at Dan and thought that Dan played Donnie Blaze's lawyer. Because if you look at the actor, <laughs> he does look like Dan without his beard. And so Dan literally had to tweet, like, that is not me. I definitely did a double take and thought it was me. But like it's definitely not me. It's this other actor. So it's funny to now turn around and have him actually included in the show, kind of of unofficially
1: see now we're continuing more dan slot references we're hiring actors who look like dan (laughs) (laughs) i again i feel like i love the fact that they're playing they're paying so many different tributes and homages to the source material that you know makes what this stuff is and what's been your favorite like in this whole series so far your favorite reference to the original source material
2: Oh, my gosh. Just off the top of my head, I love the joke in episode three when she's like going into the prison with Blonsky and the, the reporters are interrogating her. And one is like, is there any truth to the rumor that you got your powers from a mob hit done wrong? Because that is that is how she gets her powers in the comics. And like the, Jessica Gow, the showrunner of She-Hulk basically was like, yeah, Marvel didn't really want to do a mob hit on mm. the show. And it, like it didn't really make sense for the story they were telling. So like I love the way that Jen gets her powers in the MCU. But I just loved having that little nod to how she originally did get her powers.
1: And I, I feel like also there's a lot of characters that, you know, she's represented over the years. I would love to see her represent Howard the Duck, at least in, like, a post credit scene at the very end. Like, really, this is what I have to, you know, do now? Like, I thought, like, all the other ones were terrible, but this is, like, the pits.
2: That would be awesome,
1: yeah. Because I feel like, you know, they they have that uh, ability to get Howard. You know, why not? It's a cameo. It's a one-off. It's a post-credits. Boom. Quack. Wog. Oh, I knew Howard <laughs> was
0: going to work his way into this or wog his way into it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing to make note of, I think, is after we get the D she hulking to Jen, I guess it affects porcupine so much that he does unmask. And you, somebody said earlier, what does that smell like? Well, somebody said what it did when he took his mask off. Do we remember this? It was involving
1: a fart. and it, Just yeah. involving it was. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. But... <laughs> I love uh, how at the very end, I thought all of those villains, they were just going to turn on her in some way, shape, or form because I'm always suspicious. I'm just like looking behind me like, are they going to do it? No. Oh, good. They didn't. But like seeing how lovable and affable these dorks were and like they're villains. You should hate them. You you don't like them. And it's like kind of like abomination. Like I'm an abomination fan. I did not think I'd be saying that today, but I'm an abomination fan. See, it wore you down all these episodes. It <laughs> started,
0: started with that, so now why can't there be others that you're going to turn, uh, you know, your opinion of around? No,
1: Wrecker still stinks on ice. No, yeah. man, I don't. know. <laughs>
2: I completely agree with you like we had a whole debate on phase zero earlier today my other podcast about the about whether or not blonsky could like still be of end up being a villain in the show and like whether or not he could be tied to the intelligentsia or whatever and maybe want to use jen's blood to get like a newer version of his abomination powers and i was like no i don't want that because this was so genuine and so nice just seeing this like nice non-toxic masculinity in this episode and I've loved what they've just been doing with Blonsky just as a character across the entire season. So it's this thing of, like, I've loved seeing... As much as people, like, complain on the show of, like, She-Hulk hates men, this entire show is just complaining about men, the, the show itself is actually proving that that's not the case mm-hmm. between all of the guys in this episode and Pug and Wong and Bruce. Like, we have, we have so many good examples of just, like, nice characters,
1: and I love it. I love everything with Abomination, and I feel like it's funny because I enjoy this character he's 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 memorable in this iteration of it compared to the 2008 one where i have watched the movie i don't remember anything about that movie other than stan lee drinking a soda no yeah (laughs) like there. that's why like i love hearing people saying oh they they need to bring him back to incredible hulk 08 i'm like what not memorable (laughs) like i don't get it (laughs)
2: Plus like this version that we have now has the little gills. And so it's like you can't go wrong with that. Like I love the design that they have for him now and how much more comic accurate it is. So it's like I will gladly take that over the generic characterization that he had in that
0: movie.
1: Oh come on, it was the two thousands. You know, there was like we were one step away from getting an Evanescence soundtrack in that thing.
0: (laughs) We got two songs in Electra.
1: (sighs) Ah, we had Strata too. That's my favorite song on that album. I can't believe I'm referencing the Electra soundtrack now. And actually having a favorite, never there. Great song, two thousand five, ladies and gentlemen. Because I am new metal trash.
0: <laughs> now we know. Okay, well the oh, only God. other reference I was going to make is, and we get towards the end, and how are we feeling about Josh? Um, you know, turning traitor and getting the cell phone info, the data transfer, oh. and the photo of her. Is he intelligentsia? Is he? Oh no doubt. S- some other yeah. entity that we, you know.
2: He, he is a thousand percent intelligentsia, which I, I hate because it's like I loved their meat cute in the wedding last week. I thought like maybe this will be some morsel of good that Jen needs in her life. But then also part of me recognized like we're going to get to Matt Murdock eventually. And the trailers that have shown Matt Murdock have kind of hinted like they're going to get a little flirty. So I was kind of like, we're going to have to get rid of Josh in some way. And I guess this is the way to do it just to fully have him go villain. And I was unsurprised when we got to the point I, at the end of the episode, but just still the extent of how creepy it was was like stunning just having the i'm going to copy your phone data and take a picture of you sleeping and stuff like they they nailed that it was just chilling mm-hmm.
1: in regards by the way you mentioned daredevil We'd, I'd be remiss if, you know, I don't mention it, but I love the fact people are still having their tantrums that he still has not shown <laughs> up yet. And it's it's <laughs> a bunch of mill houses waiting for them to go to the fireworks factory, and it's like... I
2: literally, I made that exact joke in one of my videos for an earlier episode. I literally, like, had a splice in that clip from The Citizens because that's all I hear every single week that they're complaining.
1: And, like, I love also... there I saw one comment today, and again, I really need that self-therapy of not looking at the comments sometimes, but the remark of uh, he's just going to be in there for two seconds and that's it. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. they, they hired the man. Like they, he, he, he ha- he's a SAG member. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're going to complain about it either way like even once they get it even if he is in the entire runtime of the episode that he's in they are still going to find so many ways to nitpick and be like choosy about every single moment of it so i'm just going to ignore them and just accept the fact of like i'm getting a live action Frogman and i'm getting daredevil and jen in the same room together so it's like i will take the win and just ignore all of twitter at that point
1: my favorite thing though about all of this with the daredevil stuff as well is we're going to be getting a new Marvel Legends figure very soon, and I can't wait for that. Yes, (laughs) yes. That's my plastic crack. I I made fun of people today for Funko. I will gladly, Mm -hmm. you know, admit I am a hypocrite because I cannot wait for that figure (laughs) to come out.
2: Oh, my God. I I dabble in Marvel Legends. I'm mainly a Funko person. Like, I literally have a wall of Funko Pops behind my desk right now. And so I'm already going to be so broke with all of the She-Hulk Pops that they're doing. But once they do more Marvel Legends, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to have to be spending so much money.
1: I should also state for the record as well, by the way, I also do like Funko, but I'm just bitter about the Todd McFarlane signing for New York Comic Con. So (laughs) just, just a little aside about that, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm... I am definitely excited to see what is next with this show. I, I say that at the end of every single episode, I'm realizing. Pretty much. But it's because I'm enjoying this show, and it's Except funny, for the couple of times where you said it's just carrying the plot through and it's just a filler. Yeah, there will be filler episodes, but even a filler episode on this show has been good, and I've been enjoying that, as opposed to like, yep, oh, Gamora's Thanos this week? That's cool. Well, <laughs> Oh, what if that was a good show? But if people uh, like it, it's fine. Yeah. It's a, To quote the boys from We Hit Movies, or paraphrase, it's okay to like a show. But in regards to this episode, yeah, knocked it out of the park. And honestly, possibly for me, the most emotional one as someone who's dated in the 2020s and seeing all of the, I want to use the word cringe, but just that element of, oh, honey, why are you doing this? No, no, no. Don't double text. Don't just wait for them. <laughs> and then ironically, as I'm thinking to myself, why isn't she texting me? But, you know, mm-hmm. so there is that element you got to like realize that that's that's the quote David Bowie Modern Love so yeah well that was 83 for crying out loud that's a long time ago it's almost in 8 years uh 1980 is going to be 50 years old okay wow. scary isn't it yes it is scarier now look it's who's driving the train no um, it's that time <laughs> of year mm-hmm. so yeah we but, all we're all in agreement the episode slapped oh yeah
2: I, I was, uh, yeah, yeah
1: I wanted to just really quick ask about Chuck, the
0: uh, parole officer of Blonsky coming out to do the inhibitor malfunction repair. Uh, He's just, you know, creeped out, I guess, by going to Summer Twilight. So we don't know. Or it's just all right. He's an ancillary character. Probably won't see him again. But I started thinking, well, gee, I wonder what he knows or what he's seen by being there because he couldn't wait to leave.
2: I interpreted that more as he's just, like, intimidated by the idea of having to fight abomination, because <laughs> I think his his worst-case scenario was like, oh, I'm going to show up and Blonsky's going to be abomination and be, like, raging mad and just on a rampage, and so I think it's also the thing of it seems like the parole office is understaffed, and so then that's why Jen ends up getting thrown into everything, I guess, just to get that extra muscle. Mm.
1: Okay. So now, before we wrap this episode up, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping in regards to the upcoming stuff of the mcu and this week the biggest bit of news dropped ladies and gentlemen yes yes i just wanted to do dramatic pause almost (laughs) two complete years ahead we ended Uh up we ended up getting a announcement for deadpool 3 and it is coming hewn so d3 Oh my well, D three it was oh I think it meant D twenty three. I was like, No Eddie, they didn't appear there. I'm like, Oh no, they you forgot mm. the two Yeah, Deadpool three and honestly, like right off the bat with that image of the uh the claws going through the Deadpool logo. That is the that might be one of the coolest posters, like simple and to the point in the MCU. I agree.
2: It's one of those things that, like, fan artists have been making variations of for, like, the past decade, it feels like. And so it just feels weird to be at this point of, like, that is a real thing that really exists in the MCU. The entirety of Tuesday, just covering that for work, was an absolute fever dream. Like, between the Deadpool stuff, and then I'm sure we'll get into the other news regarding Blade. But it's just, like, this week in particular has just been crazy for MCU news. And that in particular is just wild.
1: It's funny because everyone was saying, is... Hugh Jackman going to reprise the role of uh, Wolverine after the finality of Logan and you know they also did the next day a follow up video involving uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go by Wham but uh, and that that's a story in itself but um, in regards <laughs> to the whole where does this lie in the timeline where you know what is this what is that and they state that yeah this is before this is technically before Logan Logan is its own separate thing it's in the year 2029 and ah oh, man First off, by the way, he ages really bad then if he's, you know, going to look like the way he does in the next movie. Like, the road will own you. So, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, uh, my bo- my boy Huge Jacked Man is returning. And d- does everyone here agree we're going to be getting either the yellow and brown or the yellow and blue?
2: I agree. I personally, I'm, I simultaneously would love to see that. And I simultaneously would, would not mind if they leaned into kind of the old man Logan of it all, of just like the bomber jacket and the white tank top and jeans and kind of make it this thing where... Because at, at this point, I also assume that he's going to probably be in Secret Wars. If they're signing this deal, if they're going to have him here, Like, it, it feels like that feels like an inevitability of like, hey, we'll have you in Deadpool 3, we'll probably have you in Secret Wars. Now go back to the Fox universe and die in Logan. Um, but that being said, I, I, it would be amazing to get the comic accurate suit because that's obviously something we've waited literal decades for
1: and I feel like in regards to uh, Hugh Jackman reprising the role like as long like yeah you know I love that the mouse has the ability to say uh-huh you're gonna be coming back right now it's like <laughs> here's here's a truckload of cash and, oh let's be honest it's not a truckload it's a titanic load of cash so yeah <laughs> I I just I am hyped but at the same time I like, I'm like I'm putting it to the side I'm like don't be disappointed that Logan doesn't matter anymore, that it's not the final role of the character. Just enjoy that it happened. Hey now, hey now, the dream is over. <laughs> no, it's don't dream it's over. That too. Oh, yeah. Uh, crowded house. <laughs> no, it's just me and you. Well,
0: you haven't seen the house.
1: It's very spooky.
0: True to that. Yeah, I think old man Logan would be in line for the iteration coming.
1: Now, in regards to Blade... Uh, Jenna, I actually have not found out the news about Blade. What is going on with Blade?
2: Oh, well, okay, well, so I have Blade news, and then I I was wondering if you guys saw it, because it literally dropped like an hour ago, but there's also Armor Wars news that is absolutely wild, um, which is a crazy thing to say when it's Armor Wars, but so (laughs) on Tuesday night, on Tuesday night, it was confirmed that Blade lost its director. The um, His name is Bassam Tariq. He was supposed to direct it, and now he's not seemingly due to like scheduling conflicts and whatever. And so now they are in search for a new director, which is interesting because depending on when the movie was supposed to film, there's like but that it was supposed to be a lot sooner than later they're probably going to have to delay it and the movie is supposed to come out in like 13 months essentially. So that then begs the question of like, is this movie actually going to come out when it's supposed to, or is it going to end up getting delayed? Um, But yeah.
1: I'll be honest. I'm kind of fine if they have to delay the movie because make sure it's at least, you know, something cohesive, something that'll work as opposed to like, ah, shit. Uh, Kevin, get, get the finest Colombian, we're going to have a hell of an evening. Like, I I don't want to see that. I want to see, like, something that works, something that will appease the fans that, you know, because you know there's going to be so many people, by the way, that are, it's not going to work. It's not, it's not, uh, what's his name? Uh, I was, the actor who played Blake, Wesley Snipes. Um, It's not Wesley Snipes. It's not rated R. It's like, you're not a big boy if you're watching an R-rated movie, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, just, that's why, like, I did love the concept of once upon a deadpool because it was like yeah deadpool can work as a pg-13 character because i don't know if y'all know this the books are pg-13 he doesn't need to say exactly. it to prove he's you know he's a man 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 no it's like just 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 do the damn thing do something good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree. That's also a conversation I feel like everyone has had ad nauseum with Daredevil of like, oh my God, is he going to be more rated R in the MCU or not? And it's like the vast majority of his comics are not rated R, so it'll it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so the Blade news and then the Armor Wars news that literally broke earlier this afternoon of when we we're recording this is that it was supposed to be a Disney Plus series and it is now being reimagined as a movie, hmm. um, which is a very interesting choice. Um, I stupidly am kind of excited for armor wars just on principle because i feel like it has the potential to bring in like the weird. as we were talking about the z-list characters that were in this episode you could totally bring in somebody like stilt man or, like, the um, French-Canadian Iron Man who showed up in the more recent Christopher Cantwell comic run. Like, there's there's kind of an avenue through Armor Wars to kind of bring some of those characters in, and so I hope we can still get that if it is a movie. But, yeah, it's the, we've never really had this happen before where something was supposed to be a Disney Plus series, and now it's a movie, but that's where we're at.
0: I think that could work because of the fact, as you're talking about that, realizing from a previous, what, Iron Man 2, I guess, with all we got different versions and and of course the third one as well so this would
1: kind of be a next step i can kind of see why they're doing this because the positive reaction so far to werewolf by night that that's getting it's got like a like a, i saw an article that was saying rotten tomatoes gave it a 100% fresh score and mm-hmm. i'm kind of hyped to see like oh let's see how they do it as a condensed thing i think it's like a that's like a 57 minute runtime or something like that and yeah. If they're doing Armor Wars, is it going to be, you know, a two-hour 2 hour long Marvel Studios special presentation on the award-winning Disney Plus? I don't know, but I'd kind of like to see that. Like, And also, I'll be honest, like, that way we don't have a lot of, you know, like, oh, crap, we have to record this week and next. I can backlog all of our interviews and stuff. It'll be great for me with editing. <laughs>
2: It was one of those things when they announced that show of like imagining getting to a point where we would all be weekly tuning into an Armor war show. It was like, this is going to be insane if this actually gets to the point where we're at in the culture with the MCU. But so having it just be a standalone movie that they can like throw everything they've got into, like you said with Werewolf by Night, I'm I'm excited for what they will end up doing with it.
1: And the other cool thing about a lot of this is, it is Marvel realizing there is a bit of a fatigue for the fans where it's like, that's why, like, I I will always use the comparison with Star Wars. I loved when Star Wars was special, meaning every three to four years a movie would come out, and then it's again and again and again. And like, I haven't watched the Book of Borba Foot. I have not watched uh, Anakin. or I mean, uh, what's his name, Kenobi? I, I can barely get into the Clone Wars. Um, and you know, I haven't even given Andor a try. Like, like my friend says. You can watch Andor on the train when you go to the city. I'm like, that's cute that you're thinking that's going to happen. <laughs> but um, the whole thing of with the MCU, is like there's so much. And I used to, for a little while, would say, well, I'm a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan. We haven't had a Guardians of the Galaxy thing really for a couple of years. Like, last thing was Endgame, and now it's Thor, Love, and Thunder. So it's like a little bit of breathing room in between each thing. So like if you have your favorite character, like Ant-Man, Ant-Man really hasn't had a lot of stuff other than, you know whatever like the the disney cruise which i would love to go on (laughs) Hmm. hey disney if you're listening you know i give me two tickets for that and we're good to go three eddie can come aboard oh eddie bring your uh, life preserver thank you (laughs) so (laughs) you mean that's not you rude
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah very good episode all around
1: so yeah two more to go it looks like then right yeah Man, I didn't... Because I I know uh, New York Comic Con, it'll be a a special presentation episode version of that. I don't know why I'm turning into uh, the... uh, What's her name? Uh, Holly Hunter from uh, Batman v. Superman, but... (laughs) Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) And right on the heels of that, you aforementioned, what, Werewolf by Night? Yeah, and then that's going to be featuring a uh, special guest co-host episode with my uh, steaky boy, Taylor Senhouse of the Kinoplex. So, shout out to Steaky. I guess. Long story about that nickname. Maybe I'll talk about it on the show. I, I like know. my medium well. But Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today on the program. And before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media?
2: Well, so thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Um, They can follow me on Twitter at Lynn. I almost exclusively tweet about comics at this point. So if you you like the conversation we've been having, there's plenty more of that on my Twitter. Um, And then I write for ComicBook.com. So just go to that website and you can see articles that I write. And then I co-host our Phase Zero podcast, which is our weekly Marvel podcast. Um, during the She-Hulk era, we've been having episodes every Thursday at noon Central. So tune into those. We do them live on Twitch, but if you don't tune in live, they're always available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Thank you again, Jen. Appreciate it. Great to other perspective to hear. Thank so,
1: you. So would you say Eddie? Uh, court is no longer in. Se- I, I, I was in jury duty like weeks ago. How the hell do I forget all this? Shit? Case dismissed. There we go. <laughs> For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Jenna Anderson. And I'm Eddie Wilson. (laughs) Case dismissed.